Question 34 of Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae, Treatise on the Theological Virtues, The Virtue of Charity. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae, Treatise on the Theological Virtues, The Virtue of Charity by St. Thomas Aquinas, translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 34 of Hatred in Six Articles We must now consider the vices opposed to charity. 1. Hatred, which is opposed to love. 2. Sloth and envy, which are opposed to the joy of charity. 3 discord and schism which are contrary to peace four offense and scandal which are contrary to beneficence and fraternal correction under the first head there are six points of inquiry first whether it is possible to hate god second whether hatred of god is the greatest of sins third whether hatred of one's neighbor is always a sin. Fourth, whether it is the greatest of all sins against our neighbor. Fifth, whether it is a capital sin. Sixth, from what capital sin does it arise? First article, whether it is possible for anyone to hate God. Objection 1. It would seem that no man can hate God. For Dionysius says in On the Divine Names 4 that the first good and beautiful is an object of love and dilection to all. But God is goodness and beauty itself. Therefore, he is hated by none. Objection to further. In the apocryphal books of 3rd Esdras 4, 36 and 39, it is written that all things call upon truth, and all men do well like of her works. Now God is the very truth, according to John 14.6. Therefore, all love God, and none can hate him. Objection 3. Further, hatred is a kind of aversion. But according to Dionysius, in On the Divine Names 1, God draws all things to himself. Therefore, none can hate God. On the contrary, it is written in Psalm 73, verse 23, The pride of them that hate thee ascendeth continually. And in John fifteen twenty-four, But now they have both seen and hated both me and my father. I answer that, as shown above in the Pars Prima Secundae, question 29, article 1, hatred is a movement of the appetitive power, which power is not set in motion save by something apprehended. Now God can be apprehended by man in two ways, first in himself, as when he is seen in his essence, secondly in his effects, when to wit, the invisible things of God are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, 
Romans 1.20. Now God in his essence is goodness itself, which no man can hate. For it is natural to good to be loved. Hence it is impossible for one who sees God in his essence to hate him. Moreover, some of his effects are such that they can be nowise contrary to the human will, since to be, to live, to understand, which are effects of God, are desirable and lovable to all. Wherefore, again, God cannot be an object of hatred if we consider him as the author of such like effects. Some of God's effects, however, are contrary to an inordinate will, such as the infliction of punishment and the prohibition of sin by the divine law. Such like effects are repugnant to a will debased by sin, and as regards the consideration of them, God may be an object of hatred to some, insofar as they look upon him as forbidding sin and inflicting punishment. Reply to Objection 1. This argument is true of those who see God's essence, which is the very essence of goodness. Reply to Objection 2. This argument is true insofar as God is apprehended as the cause of such effects, as are naturally beloved of all, among which are the works of truth, who reveals herself to men. Reply to Objection 3. God draws all things to himself insofar as he is the source of being, since all things, inasmuch as they are, tend to be like God, who is being itself. Second article, whether hatred of God is the greatest of sins. Objection 1. It would seem that hatred of God is not the greatest of sins. For the most grievous sin is the sin against the Holy Ghost, since it cannot be forgiven, according to Matthew 12.32. Now hatred of God is not reckoned among the various kinds of sin against the Holy Ghost, as may be seen from what has been said above, in question 14, article 2. Therefore, hatred of God is not the most grievous sin. Objection to, further, sin consists in withdrawing oneself from God. Now an unbeliever, who has not even knowledge of God, seems to be further away from him than a believer, who though he hate God, nevertheless knows him. Therefore, it seems that the sin of unbelief is graver than the sin of hatred against God. Objection 3. Further, God is an object of hatred only by reason of those of his effects that are contrary to the will, the chief of which is punishment. But hatred of punishment is not the most grievous sin. Therefore, hatred of God is not the most grievous sin. On the contrary, the best is opposite to the worst, according to the philosopher in Ethics 8.10. But hatred of God is contrary to the love of God, wherein man's best consists. Therefore, hatred of God is man's worst sin. I answer that the defect in sin consists in its aversion from God, as stated above, in question 10, article 3. And this aversion would not have the character of guilt were it not voluntary. 
Hence the nature of guilt consists in a voluntary aversion from God. Now this voluntary aversion from God is directly implied in the hatred of God, but in other sins by participation and indirectly. For just as the will cleaves directly to what it loves, so does it directly shun what it hates. Hence, when a man hates God, his will is directly averted from God, whereas in other sins, fornication for instance, a man turns away from God not directly but indirectly, insofar namely, as he desires an inordinate pleasure to which aversion from God is connected. Now that which is so by itself always takes precedence of that which is so by another. Wherefore, hatred of God is more grievous than other sins. Reply to Objection 1. According to Gregory, in his commentary on Job 25.11, It is one thing not to do good things, and another to hate the giver of good things, even as it is one thing to sin indeliberately, and another to sin deliberately. This implies that to hate God, the giver of all good things, is to sin deliberately, and this is a sin against the Holy Ghost. Hence it is evident that hatred of God is chiefly a sin against the Holy Ghost, insofar as the sin against the Holy Ghost denotes a special kind of sin. And yet it is not reckoned among the kinds of sin against the Holy Ghost, because it is universally found in every kind of that sin. Reply to Objection 2. Even unbelief is not sinful unless it be voluntary, wherefore the more voluntary it is, the more it is sinful. Now it becomes voluntary by the fact that man hates the truth that is proposed to him, wherefore it is evident that unbelief derives its sinfulness from hatred of God, whose truth is the object of faith. And hence, just as a cause is greater than its effect, so hatred of God is a greater sin than unbelief. Reply to Objection 3. Not everyone who hates his punishment hates God, the author of punishments. For many hate the punishments inflicted on them, and yet they bear them patiently out of reverence for the divine justice. Wherefore, Augustine says, in Confessions 10, that God commands us to bear with penal evils, not to love them. On the other hand, to break out into hatred of God when he inflicts those punishments is to hate God's very justice, and that is a most grievous sin. Hence Gregory says, in his commentary on Job 25.11, Even as sometimes it is more grievous to love sin than to do it, so is it more wicked to hate justice than not to have done it. Third article. Whether hatred of one's neighbor is always a sin. Objection 1. It would seem that hatred of one's neighbor is not always a sin. For no sin is commanded or counseled by God, according to Proverbs 8.8. 8. All my words are just, there is nothing wicked nor perverse in them. Now it is written in Luke 14.26, If any man come to me, and hate not his father and mother, 
he cannot be my disciple. Therefore, hatred of one's neighbor is not always a sin. Objection to, further, nothing wherein we imitate God can be a sin. But it is in imitation of God that we hate certain people, for it is written in Romans one thirty, Detractors hateful to God. Therefore, it is possible to hate certain people without committing a sin. Objection 3. Further, nothing that is natural is a sin, for sin is a wandering away from what is according to nature, according to Damascene, in On the True Faith 2, 4.30 and 4.20. Now it is natural to a thing to hate whatever is contrary to it, and to aim at its undoing. Therefore, it seems that it is not a sin to hate one's enemy. On the contrary, it is written in 1 John 2.9, He that hateth his brother is in darkness. Now spiritual darkness is a sin. Therefore, there cannot be hatred of one's neighbor without sin. I answer that, hatred is opposed to love, as stated above in the Pars Prima Secunde, question 29, article 2. So that hatred of a thing is evil, according as the love of that thing is good. Now love is due to our neighbor in respect of what he holds from God, that is, in respect of nature and grace, but not in respect of what he has of himself and from the devil, that is, in respect of sin and lack of justice. Consequently, it is lawful to hate the sin in one's brother, and whatever pertains to the effect of divine justice, but we cannot hate our brother's nature and grace without sin. Now it is part of our love for our brother that we hate the fault and the lack of good in him, since desire for another's good is equivalent to hatred of his evil. Consequently, the hatred of one's brother, if we consider it simply, is always sinful. Reply to Objection 1. By the commandment of God, in Exodus 20, verse 12, we must honor our parents, as united to us in nature and kinship. But we must hate them insofar as they prove an obstacle to our attaining the perfection of divine justice. Reply to Objection 2. God hates the sin which is in the detractor, not his nature, so that we can hate detractors without committing a sin. Reply to Objection 3. Men are not opposed to us in respect of the goods which they have received from God, wherefore in this respect we should love them. But they are opposed to us insofar as they show hostility towards us, and this is sinful in them. In this respect, we should hate them, for we should hate in them the fact that they are hostile to us. Fourth article. Whether hatred of our neighbor is the most grievous sin against our neighbor. Objection 1. It would seem that hatred of our neighbor is the most grievous sin against our neighbor, for it is written in 1 John 3.15. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. 
Now murder is the most grievous of sins against our neighbor. Therefore, hatred is also. Objection to, further, worst is opposed to best. Now the best thing we give our neighbor is love, since all other things are referable to love. Therefore, hatred is the worst. On the contrary, a thing is said to be evil because it hurts, as Augustine observes in his Enchiridion 12. Now there are sins by which a man hurts his neighbor more than by hatred, for example, theft, murder, and adultery. Therefore, hatred is not the most grievous sin. Moreover, Chrysostom, translator's note, in the Opus Imperfectum, falsely ascribed to John Chrysostom, homily 10. Commenting on Matthew 5.19, he that shall break one of these least commandments, says, The commandments of Moses, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, count for little in their reward, but they count for much if they be disobeyed. On the other hand, the commandments of Christ, such as, Thou shalt not be angry, thou shalt not desire, are reckoned great in their reward, but little in the transgression. Now hatred is an internal movement like anger and desire. Therefore, hatred of one's brother is a less grievous sin than murder. I answer that, sins committed against our neighbor are evil on two accounts first by reason of the disorder in the person who sins, secondly by reason of the hurt inflicted on the person sinned against. On the first count, hatred is a more grievous sin than external actions that hurt our neighbor, because hatred is a disorder of man's will, which is the chief part of man, and wherein is the root of sin, so that if a man's outward actions were to be inordinate, without any disorder in his will, they would not be sinful. For instance, if he were to kill a man through ignorance or out of zeal for justice. And if there be anything sinful in a man's outward sins against his neighbor, it is all to be traced to his inward hatred. On the other hand, as regards the hurt inflicted on his neighbor, a man's outward sins are worse than his inward hatred. This suffices for the replies to the objections. Fifth article. Whether hatred is a capital sin. Objection one. It would seem that hatred is a capital sin. For hatred is directly opposed to charity. Now charity is the foremost among the virtues and the mother of all others. Therefore, Hatred is the chief of the capital sins and the origin of all others. Objection to, further, sins arise in us on account of the inclinations of our passions, according to Romans 7.5, the passions of sins did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Now all other passions of the soul seem to arise from love and hatred as was shown above in the Pars Primus Secundae, question 25, articles 1 and 2. 
Therefore, hatred should be reckoned one of the capital sins. Objection 3. Further, vice is a moral evil. Now hatred regards evil more than any other passion does. Therefore, it seems that hatred should be reckoned a capital sin. On the contrary, Gregory, in his commentary on Job 31, does not reckon hatred among the seven capital sins. I answer that, as stated above in the Pars Prima Secundae, question 84, articles 3 and 4, a capital vice is one from which other vices arise most frequently. Now vice is contrary to man's nature, inasmuch as he is a rational animal. And when a thing acts contrary to its nature, that which is natural to it is corrupted little by little. Consequently, it must first of all fail in that which is less in accordance with its nature, and last of all in that which is most in accordance with its nature, since what is first in construction is last in destruction. Now that which, first and foremost, is most natural to man is the love of what is good, and especially love of the divine good, and of his neighbor's good. Wherefore hatred, which is opposed to this love, is not the first but the last thing in the downfall of virtue resulting from vice, and therefore it is not a capital vice. Reply to Objection 1. As stated in Physics 7.18, the virtue of a thing consists in its being well disposed in accordance with its nature. Hence, what is first and foremost in the virtues must be first and foremost in the natural order. Hence, charity is reckoned the foremost of the virtues, and for the same reason hatred cannot be first among the vices, as stated above. Reply to Objection 2. Hatred of the evil that is contrary to one's natural good is the first of the soul's passions, even as love of one's natural good is. But hatred of one's connatural good cannot be first, but is something last, because such like hatred is a proof of an already corrupted nature, even as love of an extraneous good. Reply to Objection 3. Evil is twofold. One is a true evil, for the reason that it is incompatible with one's natural good, and the hatred of such an evil may have priority over the other passions. There is, however, another which is not a true, but an apparent evil, which, namely, is a true and connatural good, and yet is reckoned evil on account of the corruption of nature and the hatred of such an evil must needs come last. This hatred is vicious, but the former is not. Sixth article, whether hatred arises from envy. Objection 1. It seems that hatred does not arise from envy. For envy is sorrow for another's good, now hatred does not arise from sorrow, for on the contrary, we grieve for the presence of the evil we hate. Therefore, hatred does not arise from envy. Objection to, further, 
hatred is opposed to love. Now love of our neighbor is referred to our love of God, as stated above in question 25, article 1, and in question 26, article 2. Therefore, hatred of our neighbor is referred to our hatred of God. But hatred of God does not arise from envy, for we do not envy those who are very far removed from us, but rather those who seem to be near us, as the philosopher states in Rhetoric 2. Therefore, hatred does not arise from envy. Objection 3. Further, to one effect there is one cause. Now hatred is caused by anger, for Augustine says in his rule that anger grows into hatred. Therefore, hatred does not arise from envy. On the contrary, Gregory says in his commentary on Job 31.45 that out of envy cometh hatred. I answer that, as stated above in Article 5, hatred of his neighbor is a man's last step in the path of sin, because it is opposed to the love which he naturally has for his neighbor. Now if a man declines from that which is natural, it is because he intends to avoid that which is naturally an object to be shunned. Now every animal naturally avoids sorrow, just as it desires pleasure, as the philosopher states in Ethics 7.10. Accordingly, just as love arises from pleasure, so does hatred arise from sorrow. For just as we are moved to love whatever gives us pleasure, inasmuch as for that very reason it assumes the aspect of good, so we are moved to hate whatever displeases us, insofar as for this very reason it assumes the aspect of evil. Wherefore, since envy is sorrow for our neighbor's good, it follows that our neighbor's good becomes hateful to us, so that out of envy cometh hatred. Reply to Objection 1. Since the appetitive power, like the apprehensive power, reflects on its own acts, it follows that there is a kind of circular movement in the actions of the appetitive power, and so, according to the first forward course of the appetitive movement, love gives rise to desire, whence follows pleasure when one has obtained what one desired. And since the very fact of taking pleasure in the good one loves is a kind of good, it follows that pleasure causes love, and in the same way sorrow causes hatred. Reply to Objection 2. Love and hatred are essentially different, for the object of love is good, which flows from God to creatures, wherefore love is due to God in the first place, and to our neighbor afterwards. On the other hand, hatred is of evil, which has no place in God himself, but only in his effects, for which reason it has been stated above in Article 1, that God is not an object of hatred, except in so far as he is considered in relation to his effects, and consequently hatred is directed to our neighbor before being directed to God. Therefore, since envy of our neighbor is the mother of hatred of our neighbor, it becomes, in consequence, the cause of hatred towards God. Reply to Objection 3 
nothing prevents a thing arising from various causes in various respects, and accordingly hatred may arise both from anger and from envy. However, it arises more directly from envy, which looks upon the very good of our neighbor as displeasing and therefore hateful, whereas hatred arises from anger by way of increase. For at first, through anger, we desire our neighbor's evil according to a certain measure, that is, in so far as that evil has the aspect of vengeance. But afterwards, through the continuance of anger, man goes so far as absolutely to desire his neighbor's evil, which desire is a part of hatred. Wherefore, it is evident that hatred is caused by envy formally as regards the aspect of the object, but dispositively by anger. End of question 34 Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.